Hello and welcome to the Leading Through Uncertainty podcast series. I'm your host, Jude Jennison from Leaders by Nature, and in this podcast I interview leaders from different organisations and industries to find out more about the challenges they face in leading through uncertainty and how they overcome them. This week I'm talking to Donna War, Head of Colleague Experience at Curo Housing Group, a Sunday Times Top 100 organisation based in Bath, who provide housing in the southwest of England. Donna talks about her experience of going through a restructuring programme in her previous company and how difficult it was due to the lack of communication throughout the process, at a time of personal uncertainty shortly before going off on maternity leave. She used that experience to ensure that when she had to lead her own team through a similar process sometime later, she handled it very differently. Hi Donna, thanks for joining me today. Hi, it's nice to uh, speak to you, Jude. Great. Um, Can you explain for the benefit of the listeners who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, of course. My name's uh, Donna War, and I work for Kiro, which is a housing association based down in the southwest. And I'm their head of colleague experience. So I'm responsible for a range of things from learning and development, talent management, engagement, our workplace and also change management. Right, so quite a lot, and I'm guessing that there's plenty of uncertainty because I'm like my my uh, experience of in any business with people, there is always some uncertainty of some sort. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about the your experience of uncertainty? Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, probably most of my experience has been in previous roles. I started at Kiro four years ago, so whilst we've had quite a few changes in that time, I think my main experiences that have really shaped how I work today have been in previous organisations, um, and particularly in one that I worked at prior to Kiro. Okay, what was that? So um, in the, the latter years that I was um, at this organisation, there were a lot of restructures going on and I had personal experience of that in terms of the impact on myself, but also for the, the last 12 months I was there, my, my own team were um, going through a restructure as well. So um, it, was, it was very much from a, a leading and a personal experience of it, whereas nowadays I'm more from a, a supporting angle. And I imagine that's quite difficult to be um, part of a restructure as well as leading a team through a, a restructure. How did you balance the two? I think that in terms of what one of the things I would say, and, and in hindsight I'm really grateful for now, is that my personal experience came staggered and before my own team started going through that journey. So right. probably about a year maybe 18 months before my own team went through it, that the uh, business was looking at higher levels. So from a senior leadership perspective, they were looking at those um, leaders across the business to understand what structure that they needed. And at at that point, my own role was put at risk. Mm -hmm. And from a personal perspective as well, that was uh, uh, heightened by the fact that I was due to go off on maternity leave before the process was going to be concluded. 
Right, so, so you were having personal uncertainty as well yes. as professional <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So it was quite a, a, a novel experience for me. And my first time of going through um, an at-risk redundancy situation. So it was um, quite a lot to cope with at the time. Yeah, and so how, how was that for you? So I think personally, um, at the time, I felt relatively unsupported mm-hmm. my own um, manager was also going through or had just gone through the same process and knew that he was going to be leaving business and for whatever reason the organization therefore felt he wasn't uh, the right person to manage his own team through their restructure and their redundancy situation so I was actually being um, managed and supported through the process by somebody I, I didn't know and I never met. Oh, so the first time I met this individual was when we, we did like a desktop exercise essentially to understand whether we were suitable for the roles going forward and then they could assess us and that was the first time that I met with him and I think that was also the first time he realized my own personal certain situation as well so for both of us it was quite an uncomfortable meeting mm. and um, I think throughout that that entire process because I was dealing with somebody who I didn't know and um, from a HR perspective as well even though I worked very closely with the HR team it almost felt like they they didn't know what to say to me and didn't know how to support. So actually there wasn't any conversation and we were, for whatever reason, asked to try not to speak widely about it across the organisation. They didn't want people and our own teams feeling uncomfortable or uncertain. So we had to try and not talk about it that much. So we only had our own little group who were going through it to talk to. So from a support perspective, it was very limited and, and very unsettling. Crikey, that must have been really difficult then. That so so were the rest of the organisation aware that you were that you were at risk, or was it hidden from them? Um, sort of, and I found out later on that my own team, um, whilst they knew, they also knew that we'd been told not to talk about the process. So whilst they knew that the they, they didn't want to ask us questions because they'd been kind of said, right, okay, just you need to let it go its course and, you know, try not to kind of, you know, muddy the waters as it were. So whilst people knew that our level was going through that process, there wasn't much other information and kind of, it was almost like people just trying to get on and um, as if everything was normal, um, even though we kind of all knew that we, we were all going through this, um, which seemed a bit ridiculous at the time, but you kind of never really, you don't want to rock the boat because you don't want that to go against you either. Mm. Gosh, so that, that must have been really difficult to be going through something that you couldn't actually talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the time was ticking on as well, knowing that I was due to go off on maternity leave. And my own personal circumstance was that my job was um, being kind of um, reduced down to, there was two of us that were doing that role and it was going down to one. So me and my own, my 
very close colleague, we had to basically be considered. It was only the two of us being considered, and, and it was the other colleague that actually was successful in being appointed the role um, based on this desktop exercise. And um, you know, we, we got on really well. And I think that the one saving grace was within that little network that I did have that I could talk to. I actually had some really close colleagues, so. You know, we gave each other support. We absolutely, right from the start, were adamant we weren't going to let this um, break down those personal relationships. Mm. And you know, we managed to do that. And even though our boss had been sort of, kind of kept out of the process, he he made sure he kept in touch with us still and checked mm. in with us and gave us that um, pastoral support that he knew we would need, but he kind of had to do it informally which um you know sometimes proved difficult but yeah it was um yeah really tricky because a lot of the people within my own team I had really close relationships with and I, I knew I if I want if I did talk to them I knew it, it would be fine and they'd be able to support me but not wanting to put them in a position either we, we kind of tried to keep it to ourselves really as much as we could yeah, and, it, and it's an interesting one, uncertainty, because oft, often there is this tendency of um, to shut down communication until things are certain. Yes. And yet yeah. what I'm hearing is actually in the midst of the uncertainty, the communication that you had in the small group that you were able to communicate with, that that, that was what actually made it easier for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely, because, you know, we... Obviously, we were all having little interviews and meetings and things. So we were keeping each other informed on what was going to happen next because we were all experiencing it as we were going. So clearly one of us would go first in whatever the next step was. So we just made sure that we kept each other up to speed on anything that we found out, which, you know, was was ridiculous. Well, it was only five of us. And, um, you know, that for us to kind of have to um, do that for each other, um, you know, it did strengthen us personally mm. as a group, but it, you know, it did put a pressure on from a, a different perspective as well. Yeah. And, and so you, you said that you took your team through a similar process. Yeah. Later. So did yeah. you end up staying in this company? And yes. So um, bizarrely, the, the gentleman that um, was appointed my role, he, he negotiated it on a three month trial basis because they changed it quite considerably working on one site to covering three sites etc and um, he did the three months and decided it wasn't for him and he, he you know, we, we were talking all this all the way through this and and bless him he made sure he timed when he told them that he wasn't going to stay with the organization to be before I went off on maternity leave and before I left the business so two weeks before I was due to go on maternity leave he handed his notice in and they offered me the job Right. So, um, you know, in terms of that, he was looking out for me all the way through the process. Mm. And it then meant that I was able to go off on maternity leave knowing that I had a role to come back to. So it was then when I came back off maternity leave and within a, a matter of months of, of um, coming back, they announced that they were then going to be taking the next level um, of of people and the frontline, some of the frontline teams through a restructure. So my team was, I had five team leaders and 30-ish um, frontline colleagues. 
and my team leaders we were having to go down from five to four and across those 30 frontline um, colleagues four of them their roles were going likely to go completely whereas the rest of them nothing was happening to their roles so the four that were at risk were a, a, a dedicated team on uh, on MI so they were very specific role specific and it was decided that those roles were no longer needed so those four people were going to be at risk so I had two groups of people that I needed to um, one share that message with and then also take through the process and support Mm. um, along the way. So what did um, how, how did your own experience influence how you then handled that with your own team? I think, um, and it, where I was saying that I'm really grateful that I went through that process first, I was able to really reflect on the things that hadn't worked for me and make sure they didn't happen for my team. Hmm. So when we were told we were going through, going to have to do this, I made sure that um, I asked as many questions as I could that, I, I would have wanted the answers to and really pushed to be able to share as much as I could with my team to involve them as early as possible um, and to make sure that there wasn't this we can't tell anyone type approach. Yeah, the vacuum of communication. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there was two things that, that resonated for me whilst going through this. One of the... So I, I mentioned there was five team managers going down to four. One of those team managers was was at the time on maternity leave. So, um, yeah, by complete coincidence, I was able to you know empathise to an extent as to mm. how she may be feeling because mm. I'd been in the same circumstance, mm. and she knew that. So you know, we were able to have some really open and honest conversations about what this might mean for her. Mm-hmm. And secondly. Um, I remember telling, um, so I had to, we had to tell each group obviously in, in quite a structured way so the, the right people found out first and then the, you know, the, te- the teams who weren't affected were told afterwards. Yeah. So I, I spoke to the first four who I, we knew their roles were likely to be going and you know, we, had, I, we had a lengthy conversation about what would happen next and, and the support that would be on offer. And they were, fi- you know, they were fine to to a great extent, and and you know, took it well as as could be expected. What was more surprising to me, and um, really, I suppose, <laughs> reinforced my kind of faith in in humanity. I guess when I told the rest of the team, so I had to tell the other twenty five, twenty six people, got them all together and um, told them what would be happening to their colleagues, their reaction was probably more shock and more upset because they just felt so bad for the four that were going to be going through this. Mm. And um, it was at that point that one of them said to me, can we talk to them about it? Um, how, how can we support them if we're not allowed to talk to them? And I, and I asked, where this had come from is well, we were told last time when it happened to you not to speak to you about it and not to talk to you about it because um, you know they didn't want us to upset you or, or cause any issues and I hadn't known this at the time when I was going through this process and 
you know, to find that out from my own team that they'd wanted all that time to give me support while I was going through it and feeling they weren't able to was quite um, a shock, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, that, that must have been quite um, well, distressing in a way to know that you, and, and, and also heartening to know that you had so much support, but you didn't know you had it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think at that moment, it kind of reinforced how strong we were as a team and, you know, how, how good a, a little network we'd built up, really. We'd worked as a team quite some time, really. And, um, yeah, it was heartening. And I, I felt bad. And we had a, quite a long conversation then, which obviously I wasn't expecting to have at that when I'd got into that briefing session about how they'd felt at the time and what, you know, what would I have wanted them to say? Um, how could they, how do they approach these four people? What, what will they want me to ask? Can I ask them how they are? You know, and they, we almost kind of, I suppose, role played in a way, the types of things that maybe their colleagues might want to talk about and, mm. and what to do if they don't want to talk about. Yes. So, you know, that was really useful to have gone through that and to have my team be very honest with me so that they left that room still shocked and, and angry I guess on behalf of their their friends um, but a bit better equipped as to how to approach the coming months and um, yeah and I think you know what you what you're talking to is the um, I mean you know when you say shocked and, and angry I think sometimes we forget that when there's a, you know, when there is a restructuring and when, and when there is, when there are redundancies, that the whole organization is impacted, not just the people who leave, but yeah, the people absolutely. who are left behind, that it is actually a traumatic experience for them as well. Yeah, and that there's a need to communicate on both sides to, um, you know, amongst amongst the whole team and amongst the whole organisation, so that people can can re-establish their sense of security. Yeah. In yeah. amongst that massive amount of uncertainty. Definitely, and I think you know we those of us that were were still there that had kind of gone through the previous experience. You know, we we really were kind of adamant that we didn't want it to be a similar situation. And I think as a result of that, there was a much more open um, communication, much more involvement in terms of actually saying to people, okay, how, you know, is there another way you can see um, what they were trying to fix, essentially making savings and more efficiencies? Was there a different way that that could be delivered? So there was much more engagement with the, colleagues through mm. that process and the transparency of the of, of what everyone would need to go through and um, what support they might want through the process so I think you know I'd like to think lessons were learned um, mm. and you know I know now that the people that were going to leave all of them either went on to to bigger and better jobs outside that organisation or um, stayed and progressed on in a different way. So yeah. they were all, um, they've all had positive outcomes, but a lot of that came from them choosing to take control of the situation 
And well, that's, I mean, that's such an important point as well, isn't it? Is that, you know, that, that, that the whole thing about uncertainty is when you're in the midst of it, it's excruciatingly uncomfortable. And yet most people that I know who've gone through a redundancy have come out of it and, you know, and, and t- turned their career around and done something that, Kind of brings them much more alive than than what they were doing before. So I think yeah. what you're speaking to is that we can create something positive from something Absolutely. that is uncomfortable at the time. But when you're in the midst of it, you just don't you don't realise it. Definitely, and you know, and and I look back now. I've been here at Kiro for years, and I wouldn't be here if that situation hadn't happened to me. Mm. Ultimately, I I did the same as the gentleman before me. I took the role on as a trial basis and it just wasn't working for me personally. And I I took the opportunity to leave anyway because Mm. I I suppose one of the things that the whole experience had had done was shake my belief in... um, that organization you know I'd been there quite some time and I always felt that my value would be recognized and I I wouldn't be put in that situation and you know when reality comes and and you suddenly realize actually sometimes it it doesn't work like that Mm. um I thought oh okay I I need to do something that's that fits with me better so in terms of a work-life balance something that had a, a direction that I wanted to go in so I chose to leave and if I hadn't gone through all that that process I, I wouldn't be at Kira doing a job that I love a thousand times more than than what I was doing at the time so and I want I want to come on to um to Kira in a in a minute but but before I do that I just want to um like understand a bit about how how do you um, when you're in the midst of that uncertainty, how do you find the resilience to find a positive outcome and not get kind of stuck in the anger and and trauma and emotion that, that often you can see people get stuck in? How, how did you kind of pick yourself up and find a positive route out of that? Um, I, th- I think um, it was through even though like I say we weren't officially allowed to talk about it with you know certain people that you know I'd been I'd been there for um nine-ish years I had some really good friends um Mm. at that organization and they're the people that helped me through it whether it was the five that I worked closely with um or the ones that I you know some that I'd worked with in previous roles and I had a personal network of people that I could just go and talk to and talk through options um, you know when when it was getting too much being able to just you know have one of those shouting and screaming moments or even those people telling me exactly what we've just said about no one really ever can remember people being made redundant and it not ever turning out as a positive Mm. and hearing those stories actually the more you talk to people the more you find actually so many people have been through this uh, situation and have come out the other side and I think you know that that openness and being able to talk about it actually was um the thing that got me through it even though clearly I wasn't meant to be talking too much to people Mm. um I had 
elective, um, it certainly still was the one thing that um, kept me going and um, enabled me to have those sort of down moments, but to bounce back. So that bounce back ability and resilience in terms of being able to just keep thinking, what next? Where do I go next? So, yeah, because um, what I'm hearing is the the absolute crucial importance of having a a personal support network within the organisation that that you work in, so that when there are times that are uncertainty uncertain, whether it's you know whether it's restructuring or whether it's a massive amount of change or you know a stressful period of, at work, what I'm hearing is being able to lean into that personal support network was was crucial in helping you bounce back quicker yeah absolutely and and without those people yeah I I I don't think it would have been even though it was a difficult experience it certainly would have been worse Mm. um you know you don't want to necessarily take all that home with you when you know for me home life was meant to be a positive experience at that time you know we were looking forward to having a new little person around and mm. you don't want to take all of that negativity home and not be enjoying um, some of those nicer things so having that network at work to be able to just say actually I just need a chat um, and yeah that was vital definitely so what would you what would your advice be to um, to those who are, who are more likely to go inward or maybe those people who don't have a personal support network um, I, I suppose it is tricky when, you know, when that's the perspective I come from of not, you know, trying to understand how someone may get support when that doesn't come naturally to them. Um, in my own role now, what I, I try and do is, is, is spot those people and and approach them so that you know they you know if they're more nervous about or don't have that network that they then know they've got somebody they can go and talk to Mm. I think haven't got a personal network trying to make use of whatever support your organization is giving you um, is you know is vital as well so I think nowadays most organizations do offer better than what I experienced at the time Mm. Um, I hope so anyway Um, and I think probably just trying to think back to other circumstances where you face some form of adversity and what worked for you then Mm. Um, you know we ask people when they come come here for for interview what what do they do if they have a bad day so that the next day they come in and it's it's a better one and everyone has different things and I think it's it's trying to make that effort of not switching away from those so if it's going and speaking to a friend outside of work or going and punching a, a bag at the gym or going for a run whatever that is trying to go for the positive versions of those um, activities mm. rather than um, the negative ones which obviously will will um, drag you down and at at the soonest opportunity working out what way you can take control of of the whatever your future is going to be because I think it's so easy to think well I'm just going to have to wait and see what happens 
um, actually working out which way or how you can take back a semblance of control and influence over wherever your future is going to be. I think yeah. that, that will probably help everybody. Mm, great. So um, now you're in Cura, you said that, um, that, that there has been quite a lot of change, but you have not felt a huge amount of uncertainty. Um, can you speak a bit about that? Yeah, so as housing associations over the last few years, we've had quite a lot of um, change enforced on us, I guess, in terms of where our rent comes from and, and needing to make changes to make ourselves more efficient um, as there's less um, funding and rents coming in. And as an organisation, we, we chose a, a certain way of doing that, which was very much um, kind of making those savings and efficiencies straight off and then kind of um, getting ourselves in a position as quickly as we could be to be lean and able to cope with the following five years of, of less rent rather than having sort of dribs and drabs of cuts and you know cutting back on some of the things that make us a special organisation to work for. Mm -hmm. So we've had quite a lot of changes in that sense and restructures for different teams. And my role um, is, is, has part of an element of supporting people when they go through that, but equally I, I was affected by some of those changes as well. So I ended up taking on more role, more uh, responsibility as a result of those changes. And what I felt and experienced here that was different was the, the structure of, and cascade of that information and, what, and the explanation of why we were doing something was much clearer and much more transparent for people. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to say whether that's because of the size of the organisation that we're in is, is significantly smaller than where I was before but I certainly felt that um, our exec team were trying to give people as much information as they could as early as possible in, in the process mm. and it wasn't about hiding things from people and trying not to unsettle people because there was a recognition that you know by not sharing things, you unsettle people anyway. So you may as well share as much as, you, as you're able to as soon as you can. And, and was that, you know, what was the impact of, of that level of transparency then? I think um, certainly people felt aware of, of what things we were needing to look at mm. in terms of understanding um, what the impact of some of the government decisions and the funding decisions were going to be on our organization and across the sector and the fact that we were looking at what our options were so i think in terms of that transparency it helped people know that we would we were trying to take control and, and make some sensible decisions mm. for certain individuals i you know i'm sure as we're all different some of that would have given people um, some sleepless nights and I you know I think you can't you can't get away from that when you know that there are going to be some cuts 
but being no, I, think, I think you're right because I think whenever there's that that uncertainty it's it's normal to be to, to have a, a heightened level of of stress and you're right that 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 doesn't just disappear no no and I don't think it's, it's silly to to pretend that everyone's going to be okay with it just because we told you everything up front yeah um you know and and some of us deal with change much better or quicker and go through the curve quicker than others and you you just can't assume or or understand how someone's going to be Mm. um you know for someone who i support people through (laughs) through change and support managers with their own teams going through change i don't particularly enjoy change that much myself (laughs) so it's quite um you know i come from a (laughs) Um, a perspective of, of understanding how uncomfortable that can be for people. Mm. Really, I know some of the things that might then help, but I think we have to be as leaders really open to the fact that it's dependent on the person and it's dependent on whatever the change is. You know, for some people, something may be catastrophic to them and to others it, it's nothing. And then you think something's going to be really straightforward and simple and not impact on anyone at all and and that's the worst assumption you can make someone suddenly is is really unsettled by it and you're mm. caught off guard yeah and it, and it's back to the you know the two themes from from your previous company around the transparency of the communication and then the support network yeah absolutely and i think you know my 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 two bits of advice really for the managers when they go, you know, most of the change here now isn't about restructures and cuts and things like that. You know, it isn't, it, when I say most, it isn't at all now. It's more about process change or teams changing and mm. um, lines of responsibility moving and things like that. So people are finding out or, or are going to be led by a different director or those sorts of things. And they can be just as unsettling for people. Yeah. You know, you've built up a relationship with somebody. And and for me, the two things when I am asked to support in that circumstance is, is, is one, to share as much as you can, as early as you can, and get people involved um, where it's possible. Mm. Um, but also to, to really take the time to understand how someone was feeling and affected by it so that you mm. can help them as quickly as possible understand what's in it for them yeah because you can get to that point that's when they start moving to a, a position of accepting or taking control and and starting to see a little light and it sometimes and seeing what that that thing is that's going to be a benefit can be really tricky sometimes um, and it's not going to necessarily be obvious um, to everyone but I think until you take that time you're going to be assuming what support someone needs or assuming what their reaction to what you're going to be introducing is going to be and send mm. you off a completely different and wrong path sometimes yeah okay um final question for you Donna yeah what keeps you awake at night <laughs> um small children <laughs> Yeah, apart from small children, uh, I um, gosh, that's a real tricky one. What is it at the moment? I think it's still, and you, you know, 
We're a very values-driven organisation at, at Kiro, and I think the things that suddenly pinging into my head sometimes is, did I do that right? Did I make a fair decision? I'm, I, you know, I, 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 I will go over things that I've done or what I'm going to do and just try and make sure that I'm, I'm following that values approach. And sometimes mm. that's harder mm. um, than others. And you sometimes make decisions that consequences aren't necessarily seen right up front. Mm. And, and sometimes I can sit there and think, oh, was that the right thing to do? And, you know, you can get stuck in, in those little mind loops, can't you? And, yeah. and then they're keeping you awake at night, or certainly me. Um, but it's almost just going through that kind of revisiting sometimes some of the things I've decided and, and am I still being true to the things that I tell other people to do or, or encourage our other managers to live by and just making sure that I'm, I'm being a good role model in that sense. Right. And I think, you know, what you, what you speak to is the, the doubt that we can have in uncertainty because in, by its very nature, there is no right or wrong way of doing things because it's uncertain. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, did I make the right decision there? Was I right to tell them that at this point in time? You know, are we approaching this in the right way? Have we missed something? And you know, and, and I suppose it's it's that nature of questioning ourselves that makes sure that we're always seeking to do it better and mm. and more effectively and more values driven way next time and. And always challenging ourselves to not be complacent, but um, yeah, it can keep you awake sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, cer- I'm certainly hearing that you've learned from from your own experience of going through a restructure to uh, to applying that both in your previous company and and now as you as you navigate change and support people in your in, in Curo. So um, so that those are those are great stories and, and lessons. Yeah. I'm definitely able to look back more um, um, gratefully, I think, from the experience because it's it's made me a better change manager and, and a practitioner uh, than I would have been if I hadn't had those experiences. Fantastic. Well, look, Donna, it's been amazing to talk to you today. Thank you very much You're for your time. Anytime. It's lovely to talk to you too, Jude. Thank you. Thank you. Donna is clearly someone who reflects and learns from personal experience and constantly seeks to improve the way people are led. Transparency and openness she talks about is so often lacking in uncertainty, but I think her stories demonstrate how we need to provide as much certainty as possible in times of great uncertainty and how it's actually down to both the leader of the team and the individuals within that team to find ways to bounce back from challenging and stressful situations. Clearly, transparency and a support network are crucial for Donna's resilience. How do you find resilience when it's challenging? And how do you support your team through it as well? That's it for this podcast. I was your host, Jude Jennison from Leaders by Nature. Keep leading and I'll come back soon with the next interview on Leading Through Uncertainty. Mm-hmm.